Welcome to Below the Berg, the podcast focused on providing a platform to showcase ambitious college-aged people currently elevating their educational experiences via internships, startups, or simply doing their own thing. This is Evan Paysuit alongside my special guest today, Suresh from Agricultural and Biological Engineering. He's a machine systems major. Along with me, I'm an environmental natural resources engineering major, also an ABE. Uh, he's a junior. Uh, you're from India, correct? Yep. Okay. And then you spent your first year in California, right? Two years. Two years. Two yeah. years in a JUCO, or was it a... Yeah, it's a community college in community the Community college area, in California. Yeah. Then you mm-hmm. came to Purdue. Yep. Boiler up. All right. So uh, we're just going to talk about your kind of strategies and story with LinkedIn because uh, anybody who has a thousand followers on LinkedIn sure as hell must have a story of how they did it mm-hmm. and how it's paid off in the long run. And then we're going to touch a little bit on your internships mm-hmm. and how you've led and, and how you have leveraged that to just some pretty cool stories. Yeah. So uh, let's start with LinkedIn, man. Yeah. First of all, like, thank you, Evan, for having me on the show. Like, I think you're an awesome person. I'm really feel lucky to be here. <laughs> no worries, so, man. I'm going to start with my LinkedIn story. So if you ask me, like, out of all the social media that I use, I use Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. But out of all these, LinkedIn is probably my favorite because that's the social media that you can actually make money off. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing about LinkedIn that you need to, it's not just your online version of your resume. That's what most people that I that's how I view it. Like, honestly, it's just, you know, a printed up version of Mm -hmm. your social media accounts online and okay classes i've taken gpa a mm-hmm. little bit of experiences here's a nice little pro pick and that's about it you know yeah. just make sure you're not psycho and <laughs> you know <laughs> so here's the thing so linkedin is not just an online resume but it's the mi- most important social media that an employer looks at when they first start doing background research on you so I had like employers and recruiters send me friend requests on Facebook to even try to follow me on Instagram, but that's all cool. But then that's my personal stuff mm-hmm. and that does not relate with my professional life. Mm-hmm. So whatever I do in my professional life, so you're in classes, so there's in most of your classes, you will have a project at the end of your class. Mm-hmm. So why don't you put that on LinkedIn, show that you're capable of working in a team that you can like produce a product working with Mm -hmm. different members in different roles and that's the kind of skills that recruiters are looking for that can you communicate really well and on LinkedIn you can write articles which can show that you're a good efficient communicator yeah so you do that a lot so do you get paid for that or how do you because one of the things I've always seen uh, from authors well especially authors they started out as bloggers Mm -hmm. who wrote about other people's books as reviews built up a good following and then they started writing books of their own and they already had a very substantial following. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see how you've employed that, but for your professional life. Yep. So here's the thing. So like, if you're like me, then you're not confident to do anything at the biggest stage in the first place. You need to Mm. build yourself, build your confidence up to a point that where you're ready to like go and take on the big stage. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you want to write, like be a copywriter or like a communication specialist, you want to refine your skill. Like, mm. you may be bad at writing articles the first time, but if you keep at it, like, not become lazy, make sure that you find an article relevant to your field that you're working in and write your opinions on it in a clear, concise, and a communicative way, then people are going to take notice. Like, 
So one of the biggest thing is hashtags. Mm. So you may have used a lot of hashtags on Instagram saying, oh, bless, so mm. happy or something. So that's Hashtag all. TBT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Man Crush Monday. <laughs> Gotta. Must. But, but the thing is on LinkedIn, it's a whole new game. So when you use hashtags the right way and someone is Googling or LinkedIn searching about an industry or a job, when they see the posts, like mm -hmm. your posts are going to be there. Mm -hmm. So that hashtags and utilizing them in the right way, you get your content out in a more efficient way. So talking about LinkedIn, I'll tell you a cool ass story. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, so... It's about, it starts with, so I'll give you a little background about this story. So, you know, one of our classmates, Tom Versler, the mm -hmm. guy with yeah. the curly hair. Yeah, yeah Tom's so, the machine systems too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So he's my best friend in ABE. So I went home with him for the one of the holidays and he couldn't pick me up because he was already there before me. Mm -hmm. And his cousin and me are best friends as well, like Brady Weeks or so. <laughs> so Brady was the one who was driving me there. So... His hometown is called South Whitley, which is near Fort Wayne. Okay. So on the way there, we stopped in a city called, uh, what was that? Uh, just no worries. So. Kind of like between Lafayette and Huntington or uh, Fort Wayne area? No, just Google circus capital of the world. Circus capital of the world. Yep. All right, go for it. All right, so continue. Okay, I remember, I remember. Right, so it? that city is called Peru. Oh, what? Okay, all right, go yeah, for it. Yeah, so go for it. Brady's grandparents lived in Peru, so he took me there. We stopped at the Burger King to grab some lunch before we headed to South Whitley. So that's when he told me that, hey, this is called Peru. It's the circus capital of the world, and one of my uncles was the mayor of this town. I'm like, dude, that's a cool story, man. And I really liked that story. Like, mm -hmm. it was just not like I'm just saying it's cool. Mm -hmm. So I was at the Agricultural Future of America's leadership conference in Kansas City last fall. Mm -hmm. So that that was Syngenta's North America director who was, it was a short networking session. So I went to him and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? How are you? So I asked him, where are you from? Are you from Indiana as well? He's like, yeah, I'm from Indiana. I asked him, which city? He's like, Peru. I'm like, oh, isn't that the circus capital <laughs> no of the world? So he's like, how do you know that? What a plug, <laughs> man. That's funny. Yeah, so we just laughed about it. Then he shared his stories as an undergrad, what he did in college, how he got to the point he was. But the personal connection that was made was, like, I knew his hometown despite being 13,000 miles away from Indiana. So it's like that you always pay attention to the conversation that you make because you never know how that is going to come help you in the future. That's so, so interesting because in a day where... You just want to zone in. You want to put on your headphones, and you mm -hmm. just want to go to go to point A to point B, and not have a conversation with somebody. Mm -hmm. And then you end up meeting a guy named Tom, become great friends, go to some random town in Indiana called Peru. All of the, like a lot and of then the you kids end up having a super cool plug at AFA. So I mean, like that's really interesting how you value every conversation because so many I think they become so monotonous mm -hmm. and just so trivial sometimes. But really valuing, well, just really valuing and being intentional in, in, in each and every conversation, I think it's really mm -hmm. neat. But the real interesting part comes now. So I thought that incident was really funny. So I made a LinkedIn article about this. Like 200 people from Syngenta saw that. Really? Yep. Wow. And I had like people messaging me, writing comments, like top director level people. That's really awesome to meet you. And 
I'm in venture capital industry, so Syngenta has a venture capital arm which is based out of Switzerland and one branch out of North Carolina. So one of the venture capital partners, which are, which are like the highest level that you can be in, he liked my post. No so I sent him a connection record saying that I'm break, trying to break into the venture capital industry of agriculture as well. So he sent me the North American director's name and said that, why don't you email him and I'll make you an introduction. So I didn't no even way. know this guy. I just like impressed him on LinkedIn. That's and ridiculous. then I That's sent him. That's impressive, man. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. So, okay, while we're here, how did you get into the whole venture capital world? Like what, like what sparked that interest with you? Because most engineers, most agricultural engineers aren't like, aren't going to make that connection and they aren't going to, I don't know if they aren't going to make that connection, but most people that are in that realm are very technical. They're very in their box and they're very creative as they may be. Mm -hmm. They may not be wanting to take on their own business. Mm -hmm. What, like, what do you think triggered that spark for you? So I have like two major drivers for this. So the first reason is being spending two years in the Bay Area. Like that's the hotbed of startups. There's no investing in the Bay, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I have literally seen parking lots outside Stanford saying research for venture capitalists, other cars would be towed. So it's like a hotbed of startups right there. But the guys funding that are the venture capitalists. But initially, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I didn't want anything to do with the venture capital industry. But then I saw that when my dad quit his engineering job and tried to start his own venture, like that he had very less funding. Like no one like trusted him because even though the technology is good, it's been eight years now. Like it has took off, it has broke even, it's going up. He has bootstrapped it the whole way. But if he had wow. venture capital funding. He could have done it in four years instead of eight years. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, I want to be is that as an engineer, agricultural engineer, I think that I can understand agricultural technologies better and see that if they have a potential and they can actually solve problems people are willing to pay for. And I can actually get inventors and entrepreneurs that people may not trust because of lack of credentials. Like one of our professors, Bob Strolley, says that tinkerers Dr. are Bob. the... Shout out. Tinkerers are the most smartest people out there, not the engineers. So these are the tinkerers are the people I'm looking for, like people coming up with their own inventions. Mm -hmm. But if you're like a traditional person, you may see that, oh, he does not have a bachelor's, not have a master's, not mm -hmm. have a PhD. Why should I trust his invention? But then you have to look at the invention itself, like how effective is it? And that's why I thought that being in business, I think I can actually make my engineering dreams come true the same time as well as getting it out. Wow, you, I mean, like you can really leverage your engineering perspective and really also provide value mm -hmm. to the people that you're investing in, and then also kind of use it as like a double check, like, okay, is this legit? Is this like, is this invention worth? Like, mm -hmm. so is this is this new creation? Is this worth investing in? Exactly. You know? uh, so, like, I think that's really interesting of how you plug the two, but like, to totally makes sense now. You know? No, totally. Because if you look at most of the big venture capital funds, the traditional one that invest in technological companies. Most of them have a huge fund just dedicated for agriculture right now. Every big ag company like Syngenta, Monsanto, John Deere, everyone has a venture capital arm where they're investing in startups because they don't want small companies to disrupt their future. So they are the investors in these small companies. So basically, if they come up with a new technology that's commercially viable, they're just going to integrate that technology into their own products. So I think innovation is a way forward. And I think being in VC, it lets me hang out with a lot of cool, smart people and I get to learn a lot.
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That's mm. awesome. Okay, so let's kind of transition into your internships. So, let's see. So, so where did you first start out with internships? So, as a freshman, this first summer I was a freshman. Uh, I actually didn't get an internship because mm-hmm. I did not know how to exactly approach this problem. Like I was. All right, let's di- be real. How many of us engineers come out of freshman year knowing like, man, I can design <laughs> nothing. Like I can make a nice Excel chart for you, but that's about <laughs> it, you know? Hey, if your elder brother or elder sister is an engineer, they probably would have let you know on the tips. But mm, if you're yeah. all alone, you have no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I just applied to every job that had an opening and I got a job with the international office of my community college. And I think that that experience, even though it's not directly related to engineering, helped me a lot because I was doing administrative work for the office, entering data in their database. And I helped organize a 3000 people student orientation for the incoming students. So people could, for my next internship, I, when I told them about this, they are like, okay, he knows teamwork. He knows how to communicate mm-hmm. efficiently, how to handle logistics, and also like make sure enters information right so that it didn't screw up big time. So those are the basic skills you need with any job. So I think that when I told this about my to this to my next employers, they were really impressed about it. Mm-hmm. So my second internship I had done before my second internship, I was in my sophomore year, right? I just completed my sophomore year. So I had taken a lot of calculus, multivariable calculus, linear algebra classes. So they could know that I know how to do quantified, like quant well, how to do some basic engineering applications. And the rest is teachable because, you know, if you put your mind to it and you dedicate some hours of your life every day to something, you can definitely learn a skill in two months. I couldn't agree more, especially with YouTube. (laughs) Not going to lie, I taught myself AutoCAD in a month with YouTube. Exactly. AutoCAD, VBA coding in Excel to create uh, s- spreadsheets and user forms has been super helpful. Just YouTube and Khan Academy have gotten have gotten me through quite Con, a bit. I'll tell Khan you Academy, man, that's the best, 100%. best channel ever. So you went to your second internship. Mm-hmm. You were doing predominantly CAD design, correct? Exactly. So I was working in a company. So that was the summer when I was just left my community college and I was coming back to Purdue the next fall. So I went back to India to spend time with my family because I hadn't went back home in two years. So that summer I wanted to intern in India because even though I wanted to be with my family, I didn't want to like waste time just like chilling around for three months. So there was this windmill manufacturing company called Indich Composites and I applied as a CAD intern there. So I was actually doing solid works over there, designing windmill blades. Oh wow. I, I was I was working with a junior I was a junior under another senior designer mm-hmm. and he gave me the blueprints and I was just making them on the CAD parts. And then I also got to do some finite element analysis on it using ANSYS. And also the coolest part was, as as it was a mid-sized company, not only I was involved with the design work, I could actually get the fiberglass getting put on in the epoxy molds. So I could see the manufacturing happening right in front of my eyes. That's incredible to get that experience, you know, because not many people get to see the point A, like all of the behind the scenes work Mm -hmm. and then see that production aspect. Very rarely does that like and, very rarely does that happen, you know. And like again, coding Swali again, like mm-hmm. that time I gained a lot of respect for the technicians there because I couldn't like <laughs> my handshake when I'm trying to put the screwdriver in. So they were doing a lot of technical work and it was really amazing to you need to respect all the people on the supply chain. Like without them, it's like a gears in a cog. Even without the smallest gear, it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. 
So, and finally, I felt really happy when the blades were shipped. So it was getting shipped from Vadodara, India, to like a small town in England. So all the blades mm -hmm. got shipped over. So I thought that was a really productive internship. Oh, yeah. So and how did you swing that into your third one? Because right now you're an intern for Pretty Ventures, correct? Yep. So what's your day-to-day -day role and how have you been able to leverage that into engineering and then also into your venture capitalist goals as well? So before that, that's my internship this semester. So mm -hmm. this came because of my internship last summer. So that's because of a competition oh, named yeah, called okay. Indiana Soybean Innovation Competition. So this is my first, that was my first semester at Purdue. So I was like, okay, how do I get my name out here? I'm a new kid. I'm already a junior. People are here two years before me. So how do I make new friends, get to know the faculty better and know everything better? So that was this competition for which we had call out in one of our classes. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go to the call out because they had free pizza. I'm like, there's nothing to lose. And I when thought when? that it was really interesting. So I just signed up for it even though, so it was a four member competition. I did not have three members. So I was like, I just put it my name at random and say that no matter what team member I get, I'm willing to work with them to create mm -hmm. a new product. So I was really lucky to get two PhD students from pharmacy and mm -hmm. another girl named Trang. She's also in biological engineering hmm. in ABE. So it was a really great team that I had. And we came up with a Neo Seed Gel, which is basically a soybean-based hydroponic growing medium. And if you don't know what hydroponics is, it's basically growing plants out of a liquid-based instead of growing it from soil like we traditionally mm -hmm. do. So Right, this product was supposed to be more environmentally friendly and cheaper, so that's why we came out with this product. So here's the thing: so you may have learned, um, heard this mo saying that never give up after the first failure, because every successful person had a lot of failures. Mm -hmm. So for me, we didn't win the competition, but we did get a provisional patent, though. So I could have stopped right there, giving up that hey, we did not win the competition, everything is lost. But I did not stop that. I, even though we didn't win it, I wanted to commercialize that. So I started working with Purdue Ventures over the summer, trying to make, come up with a business plan, the second prototype, customer validation, and sales pitching, and investment committee. So Purdue Ventures had a small fund called Accelerator, which is like a $2 million fund solely dedicated for agricultural and biotech startups. So I thought that, hey, I'm in agriculture and all about innovation in agriculture. And these, this fund has so many smart agricultural startups applying it to it. So I could learn a lot more if I start working with them. It's all about who you surround yourself with, right? Yes. Yeah, so like, like it's just that environment of people wanting to do not the same thing, but they have the same purpose, the same drive, kind of like the same intention of they want to create something. Mm -hmm. and I think that would just foster just, just such a great learning environment. Exactly. Energy and passion is infectious. That's what I learned. So, so, so my second failure right here happens when I applied for a $8,000 funding to get my startup off, but then I got turned down because my projections were slightly off. And they said that I need to reduce the price of my Neo mm -hmm. Seed gel. But the, I didn't want to like, I wanted to break even as soon as I can, mm -hmm. which I thought it was a wrong business move because after spending time with Purdue Ventures, I learned that you need to build your customer base first and then you can start increasing the price mm -hmm. of your product once people are buying your product at a mm -hmm. steady rate. So I did not get funding. So that was my second failure. And I was late. But you're learning, you know, you mean like you're learning. Exactly. Sure. And I was late for the two investment committee meetings because 
was it was at the Purdue rail yard and I don't have a car. Mm -hmm. So I had to Uber or take a bus. So I was late for 10 minutes. And so the main managing director of Purdue Ventures straight up told me that he was not impressed with me then. He straight up told me that you're either 15 minutes early or you're late. That hit me like a bullet. Then I That's took a reality check right there. That is a reality check at its finest. Exactly. Like, so, I mean, like, so how does a sobering moment like that, like, is like, did that just shake you? Like, I mean, like, we just rocked at that point. Exactly. Because, you know, I mean, because you're trying to do your own thing and, you know, you may not have a car, you may not have a bus, but you're doing your best mm -hmm. and you're trying to make it work and you're being cognizant of like, okay, I, I may not be in the best situation, but I'm going to make the, but I'm going to make the most out of it. And then something like that just freaking hits you like a wall. Like, it's like, so how do you respond to something like that? So I told him that, hey, I wouldn't let you down. Mm -hmm. So that's when I figured that I will start my own small venture capital fund called Farmhand Ventures. But then my third failure happened here. So even the biggest of the funds, they have nameplate managers with like MBAs, 20 years of investment experience with turning profits of like three times the initial investment. So those are the kind of guys that people give their money to invest. So I'm a 21-year-old kid. I'm a 21-year-old kid without a degree, so when I try to get people to get funding for my fund, they were like, hey, you do not have any investment record, and like, I seriously don't know why should I give you my money to invest. So that was another reality check for me. But then I had worked so hard to get my start fund out of the ground. I went to every venture capital meeting in, held in Indianapolis to network with the venture capitalists mm -hmm. of Indiana. And then I went to so many other organizations to talk to those big directors, telling them that, hey, if any invention comes out of Purdue that I know of, I'll let you know. Please take a look mm -hmm. so that you can either acquire it or like invest in it. So all of this I was documenting on LinkedIn and my the guy who told me this that you are 15 minutes earlier you're late he I told him that hey I want to work with Purdue Ventures from now on cuz I don't see my fund going nowhere I'm a realistic person so I want to make the best of the opportunity like I want to be in this line of business or maybe not at this moment your fund is going to exactly. be what it is but okay you so you identified that gap you identified it, so you identified that knowledge gap mm -hmm. And then you're trying to find a way to fill it. And, exactly. you know, I mean, like, and it's just like that network to mm -hmm. find something substantial enough that you think could leverage you to the next level to maybe create that fun one day, you know? Exactly. And see, you should not see any shame when you're a learner and a beginner. So I emailed him after like three months after my initial investment meeting with him that, hey, I did all of this and I want to work at Purdue Ventures. Can I have a meeting with you? So I go to him. After I come back from winter break this semester, there was no interview. He told me that, hey, I'm impressed and you totally changed up on whatever advice I gave you. So taking advice is not the best thing, but acting out on the advice you're given, that's the best thing you can do to mm -hmm. impress someone. So all of that worked out with a huge lady luck in favor of me and started my job. So I do social media managing for Purdue Ventures and I'm helping them design their new website and logo. And also the next, so later this spring, the accelerator is going to get more pitches from agricultural startups out of Purdue, and I'm going to be doing due diligence for that. So I think I'll be getting a lot of business development uh, experience in agriculture. So this is what I'm leveraging it for my next internship, which I have applied as a business analyst with Farmers Business Network, who are the fastest growing agricultural startup in the world right now. They raise $190 million in three years with initial investment coming from Google. Jeez. Yep. Wow. That's pretty awesome, man. Awesome. So 
let's wrap it up. So what's your so what do you see is next? Like wh- like so what so what is on the horizon for Suresh? Like come this summer. Like so like so what do you have in mind? Because honestly, at this point, after your story, you could honestly be in Africa and I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Like you I mean, you could end up halfway across the world working for someone else. I would just okay, yep, that's just Suresh. So if you were to pick, if you were like, okay, this is like this is where I want to be, this is where I belong, and I want to grow as much as I can here, where would that be, and what would you, and and what would you be doing? So I want to work with the agricultural tech startup company, which mm-hmm. is basically Farmers Business Network, because I see them going public in the next two to three years, mm-hmm. and joining them at this stage as a business analyst, I'm gonna have a huge responsibility on my shoulders to get the business decisions right, because they just they have covered a l- most of the Midwestern states with farmers subscribing to their business and they just expanded to Canada. So I'm looking forward to like expand their businesses to like Europe, Southeast Asia, South America, because I really believe in their mission, which is bringing price transparency of seeds, fertilizers, everything to mm-hmm. farmers. But then eventually what I want to do is I want to build a reputation for myself that, hey, I'm knowledgeable in agriculture I'm dependable and I can get communication out. So I want to eventually do a show like you, like Mm -hmm. Bill Nye, the science guy, where I go uh, (laughs) about explaining agriculture to kids in a fun way Mm -hmm. where they can, because I feel that you have to know where your food comes from and how it gets to your plate Mm -hmm. and everything that you put into your body, you need to know how it has grown and what are the contents in it. So I think that people are not very knowledgeable about agriculture right now who are in the cities and they need to know because I think this field is so fascinating. There's a lot to learn. And if you can make it entertaining while being both credible, I think that's the best thing that can happen. So that's mm-hmm. my long-term goal. And I love that, man. That's awesome. That's There's no better way to end it right there. I love that. Uh, I love your hustle. Mm-hmm. I love everything that you do. I love the stories. It's just you can't describe it, but that's just the rest, you know? Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for the plug for ag tech and all the – uh, and all the industries that you're in right now, I just think that's really cool because not a whole lot of people get to hear about it. So mm-hmm. love your story. That's great. Uh, do you want to plug yourself? Uh, Insta, LinkedIn, whatever. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Farmhand Suraj, and my LinkedIn name is Suraj Satya. So hey, feel free to connect, man. And if you need any advice, like please feel free to contact me. And also, Evan is really knowledgeable in environmental engineering and river water, bit, r- river bit. restoration. So <laughs> if you're into that field, you can contact him. Mm. And hey, please feel free to reach out because that's one thing I learned in, after spending three and a half years in America is that people are always willing to help if you ask. So make sure you use all your resources mm. to the best you can. Awesome. Can agree more, man. Yeah. Well, this wraps it up for another episode of Below the Berg with Suresh. Hey, thank thank you, you so much. Have a great time. Yeah. All right. Peace.